0: season. No, not Christmas. The scary movie season. It starts in early August and goes on until about the beginning of November because, you know, we have those late movies that come out. This is the first of the series. My wonderful, scary movie correspondent, Amanda, joins me again today. Hey, Amanda.
1: Hey. So turn off the lights and grab your comfort blanket. We're reviewing scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm Amanda, she's Tuesday, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn.
0: Now, first, I did not read the books. This movie is based on a series of three collections of short horror stories for children, and they're written by Alvin Schwartz. Now, Amanda, you read them,
1: but it was like a hot minute ago, right? Correct. Okay, So I did. I pretty much grabbed like the spookiest looking book in my elementary school library and immediately claimed it as my own. The cover of this book has this like terrifying drawing of like a man with a pipe, but it's like just his head and like, it just like looks like you're going to have nightmares. So I was like, "Mm, this one's for me. Um, So at a young age, I was watching horror movies and all that stuff. So it was like everything I ever wanted. So right up your alley. Uh I love it.
0: (laughs) All right. So that's the perspectives that we're both going into today. And I went in with little to no background. And then we also have a longtime fan. So let's tell you a bit about the movie. Back in the 1800s, the Bellows family was a founding family for this small town called Mill Valley, and their story became legend that stretched throughout the generations. The daughter of the family, Sarah, was born with some form of deformity and was locked up and tortured by the family. While Sarah was alive, she wrote scary stories to pass the time. She eventually kills herself and the family secrets along with it. The legend says that to this day, she tells the stories to children who visit the boarded-up haunted mansion, but you can never find her within the house.
1: And that's where our story starts. Our story is set in the 1960s, the height of young American boys being drafted into the war. Our characters, our group of friends, both new and old, they visit the Bellows' home on Halloween night and find Sarah's original book of scary stories. What Stella, Chuck, Ramon, and Augie don't realize is this book isn't done writing the scary stories, and those stories come to life.
0: Now, does the movie uh, really follow closely with the books?
1: Yeah, so this was something that I was actually like very pleasantly surprised with because the book is just a series of short stories that are really scary. Um, I was expecting it to sort of be like little vignettes um, of like, okay, this one's this one, and now, you know, fade to black, fade back up. This So one's did this I, one. yeah. Um, but they did like a really great job of making them into stories that are actually happening to the characters, and I thought that was like a really nice way of doing it so what did you actually think i loved it i was actually scared
0: for a good portion of the movie and it has wonderful jump scares so make sure you don't have to pee i was actually worried i would have nightmares so i made sure to have myself a nightcap uh the (laughs) other night before i went to bed but really it's it's this like really great old school feel so think kind of stranger things that like spielberg concept it goes back to like the real scary uh like, around the campfire kind of tales that leave like the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. It's that classic tale of the nerds versus the cool kids. So like I said, very Spielberg.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like around the campfire tales is like the perfect way to say it. Um and I agree like it's like a very period piece mm-hmm. and I would say it's like Spielberg light where obviously this movie is not like ET or anything like that but it had like all the best scary movie elements and this was something I was like paying attention to while we were uh watching the movie so it's like you got the haunted door that slams behind you you got corn mazes that are creepy you got disappearing children Flickering lights. You got a town witch. Like everything where you're just like, okay, what could possibly make a movie scary? Like type, 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 type. Great. Then, it's like all the typical stuff when you go to one of the haunted houses. Yeah, and, like you have
0: to drive 45 minutes away. A hundred percent. You get all X, Y, and Z. It's like the typical. Stuff. Yeah. You're just like
1: <laughs> expecting uh the movie to have like, you know, certain elements, and it just had all of them. They're just like put them all in. But and it'll by, be great. But by no means kitschy. No, it was like, really fun. Yeah, it was really well done, but of course, like you know, like, okay, they're gonna walk up to this house and they're gonna open the door and then they're all gonna walk through That means the door's gonna slam behind them when of no course. one's there and like even though we were expecting it, like you and I both jumped like ten feet in the air like every time <laughs> it happened. but I loved that like it almost feels like a scary movie. Ode to scary movies. Completely. Yeah. Which we
0: we see a lot of nowadays with Stranger Things and like Ready Player One yeah. and it's all these like throwbacks, which I actually really like. Now, as many of you know, Guillermo Del Toro is the producer, and at an advanced screening in Los Angeles, Del Toro described Scary Stories as quote, a gateway movie intended to serve as an introduction to the world of
1: horror. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I hope it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like that's exactly kind of what I'm saying is like this is what a horror movie is like. And you get all these elements and he did a great job. He definitely has like a distinct style, you know, similar to other movies that we've been seeing, like the Tarantino movie that came out or like the most stylistic of Wes Anderson. Um, Did you get like a del Toro vibe with this one? There were definitely bits
0: Um, There was a lot of collaboration. I believe there was three other writers um, under him. So you get like kind of bits of del Toro, uh, which is, you know, but there's definitely bits throughout that feel very del Toro. So like his hand was definitely in everything throughout the film.
1: Yeah. The one where I saw it the most where I was like, oh, this is definitely where Gamble Dotor like had the play was in like the drawings from the books that came to life. So those are going to be like the creepy monsters. So the Pale Lady and the Jangly Man are like two of the monsters that always stood out to me reading the books. And you have like these scratch doodles in the book. And i was really afraid that they were gonna like modernize it and make it look really like polished and professional which like Dotor would have found a way to make it absolutely terrifying right. but i like loved that it looked so weird and out of place like an illustration and that is like so perfectly Del Toro, where you're like, what is this creature? What is happening right now? The pale lady and the jangly man were like really where they really like stood out to me. Where I was like, oh, this is perfect.
0: Is that the one that's in the hospital?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's like the red, the red room. Yes. And then the jangly man is the one that's after Ramon, oh. who like is all like crunchy, and yeah, all that oh. stuff.
0: The ho- the the hospital one was
1: probably so like my
0: scary yeah
1: crazy. where i was like this will be the thing that haunts
0: me yeah this like <laughs> weird
1: face that doesn't move and just like slowly like absorbs you that's- well and
0: something that's also very del toro which i picked up on but it was only post watching the movie was how they constantly parallel the social and political world along with the scary story So we have like shots of Nixon during election time and like the old black and white TV and it very much just pans past it. So there's no, it's not like necessarily social commentary, but it just, it makes you know exactly where you're at. You also have like obvious racism, the concept of receiving draft letters or trying to draft dodge, all of those kind of things. And it, it almost for me made the story more grounded and almost real, like this could happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary movie because it kind of put you back in. No, we're at this time and place. Yeah, which is very Del Toro. I believe probably the closest thing I could relate it to is Pan's Labyrinth, which I, th- I think was 2005 or 2006. It- it's just very him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with lot, a lot of that. Um, I think that it was like a like you said it earlier, collaborative. I think it was a nice balance of like this is a movie. Guillermo del Toro is involved in, but it may not be, you know, his caliber of Oscar winning movies. So there's like snippets of him. But something that I noticed and uh my first immediate thought when we walked out of the movie was like, this is like the junk horror movie that you're gonna watch at every sleepover on Halloween for like the rest of forever. Absolutely. And like you just need something that's like I don't have to think about like the intensity of the social commentary like i don't have to think about whatever i just know that like i'm gonna put this on i'm gonna be super scared and then it's gonna be great (laughs) we're gonna like eat popcorn and scream a lot
0: absolutely it's it's one of those things where it's like okay do you want to do scary stories or halloween version x you know exactly it's just your go-to like if someone gets up and gets a beer they don't lose the entire rest of the film yeah it's just oh another scary dude cool great but yeah yeah so it's not so del toro in your face like shape of water but those little snippets are just lovely
1: and it's so nice to have like uh these like guilty pleasure horror movies that aren't big think pieces because like you're saying like um uh shape of water del toro is like a think piece but then there's also like Us from Jordan Peele that's a think piece and horror and so you it's like in all these different directions and it was so nice to like start off like the scary movie season with just one where you don't you just gotta sit back drink an icy jump when it's needed like scream dun, 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 dun. don't Don't like, go
0: upstairs no one should ever go upstairs like we did a
1: thousand <laughs> times we're like why are you following that sound even though we're like go follow the sound <laughs> find out what it is <laughs> things like that so that's just like so delightful because i feel like those movies aren't done as well as the caliber that this movie is anymore. They're usually super low budget and, like, no one really sees them and they're really corny. And, like, I loved that this one was just, like, a legitimately well-produced, bad, scary movie. And, like, that's just... That's what the world needs sometimes.
0: Well, and that's... I'm glad that this was the first of the series like you because it—that's this is the kind of vibe that gets me really pumped for Halloween. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if I can survive August...
1: That I can definitely
0: survive September. And then all of a sudden we'll be at my favorite holiday. And everything will be right with the world.
1: Yeah, where I can watch (laughs) scary movies and people be like, I understand why you're doing this. (laughs)
0: Uh, They're not like, Amanda, it's February. Are you
1: okay? (laughs) Like, another great scary movie trope that I had is, like, it's set at Halloween time. Mm-hmm. So, like, the whole time you're like, oh, something spooky has to happen because it's spooky time. Yeah. <laughs> like- well, and then you never have the discussion of, is this really a Halloween
0: movie? It's yeah. set in Halloween. You're legit. Done. It's Halloween movie. Yeah. So, yeah. No. This was just the best of the best of exactly what you want to start out your ha- your Halloween season with.
1: I agree. It was so fun. Awesome. So, can we drink? Yeah, absolutely. Whoop, whoop. Right all now, right. <laughs> all right, guest star, what would you like? So honest to God, I'm gonna come clean. Right after I saw this movie, I immediately went and got a boozy milkshake. <laughs> I'm so proud of you because I was like, I just need ultimate comfort. Like I just need like a chocolate milkshake that is gonna like numb my mind a little <laughs> bit. Like go to bed, <laughs> like brain freeze, please, brain yeah. freeze, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice. <laughs> um, so
0: for me very scary. Of course, there's the go-to's that are like, um, that's not reality. But for the most part, I was very scared by the jump scares in this. So, I feel like throughout the movie, like every ten minutes there was some kid disappearing from the town or someone dying. So, in honor of that, I'm going to drink an Adios Motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) That AMF up there. (laughs) Don't forget, many places will only serve you two for a reason. (laughs) I think that's like the official drink of the movie. <laughs> yes. That's the plot line of the K- movie. Kids for generations have just been disappearing. Let's have an adios motherfucker <laughs> yeah. <and> then. Cheers. <laughs> all right. Don't forget to subscribe to us
1: on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Make sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And all those good things is it at Whiskey and Popcorn. Whiskeyandpopcorn.org whiskeyandpopcorn.org because we're we're organized
0: yes and please stay out of trouble, dark corners and cornfields until our next movie when we'll see you in the popcorn line thanks, bye